This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. So guess what I did this weekend? What did you do this weekend? I got completely out of my comfort zone and I decluttered my nightstand. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yeah, my nightstand. That does sound exciting. Go you. It took an hour and a half. What does that say about my nightstand? I I don't even want to think about what it would take to declutter my nightstand. So probably I'm right up there with you. What's amazing about being married to a decluttering expert. Okay, hold on. She never clutters. You don't ever declutter because she never clutters. This is true. That's it's a great it's a great correction. Uh, she she's definitely not a cluttering individual. So you if you don't clutter, you can't declutter. Which I, I guess step one is to don't just don't clutter. But if you're like me, then decluttering is something that you probably should do pretty often. So it's my my dream in life is to actually have your wife come to my house and make everything decluttered and perfectly organized. That is like the the goal, or or at least you know, take instruction from her so my mind works that way. I mean, I think that would be absolutely amazing to be to be that organized. So her her dream job is to organize closets. That's her dream job. She'll tell you that when she grows up or when she retires or when I allow her to stop managing the money and the commissions and all that in our business, which I don't know when that'll ever be, but whenever that happens, she's that's her dream job. She'll do it for free for anybody because that's how much she likes to organize stuff. It's a sickness to me. So when de-junk by Julie, when that happens, when we need beta testers for de-junk by Julie, then I'm signing up to be her beta tester. That's right. I'm glad you, you cleaned and, and decluttered and de-junked and did all that stuff because that inspires me to maybe do that to my desk. Oh, I have to ask this question real quick. Do you have the three piece of paper rule there at the home office? Since I'm a remote worker, I don't know this. Do you have like the three piece of paper rule? Maybe. What's the three piece of paper rule? So I, I worked for a manager one time who had this rule that at the end of the day, there could be no more than three pieces of paper on your desk. I don't have that So what that to me meant that I just had to shove everything into a drawer and then, you know, at the end of the day. Number one, that rule doesn't exist here. Number two, that rule would be extremely difficult here. I try not to be overly demanding with our staff's workspace. Number one, I work 80% of the people that I work with are female. And so I generally try not to to mess with them too much about stuff like that. That's just like, it's like the thermostat. It do not jack with certain things. That's just something I've learned over the years. That's called experience. You know, workspace, yes, I have my preference, right? I might hint, like I we just had this hardware upgrade. And so I, I, I mentioned declutter your workspace. Use this as an event. I sent out an email. That's it. I'm not going to jump into specifics or, or go talk to a specific person. I just made this big picture suggestion. That's the way I stay out of trouble. But I'm a big believer in decluttering your workspace. This is not natural for me. This is how I know it's possible is because it's not natural for me. I am a keep stuff. I'm a, a I'm not a hoarder, but I maybe I'm a I'm a a closet hoarder or in the closet hoarder. I don't know. Uh, I I just, the stuff that that I probably shouldn't keep that I keep. Because what if? I guess that's the definition of a hoarder. Probably so. (laughs) But I can can say this. So my my husband 
I have seen his workspace for six years. And in six years, I have never seen a piece of paper on his desk that had to do with work. There's never been a single piece of paper on his desk that has to do with work ever in six years. And I find that amazing. And so for me as a creative type, I have a tendency to have paper because I write and I figure things out. And this morning I was actually working on some some ads for our upcoming conference and I was having to figure out pixels and, and safety margins and all that kind of stuff. Well, I do that on paper which drives my husband crazy. And so I have paper on my desk right now, but seeing him and seeing his workspace, I've tried to to not have that. But for me to be creative takes a pencil and a piece of paper. It just does. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm a note taker or not a note taker. I guess I'm a um, idea collector in notebook, notepad, whatever that thing is that I have. A moleskin. A moleskin. Thank you. I knew there was a fancy word for it that I, I keep a moleskin. I've gone through about, well, I go through one a year. A lot of that's ideas and just thoughts. Sometimes it's notes. But I have been just extremely liberated by trying to become more of a declutter person. So speaking of clutter and decluttering, when you've grown up in the independent agency system, you've seen a lot of things. You've seen a lot of different types of of agencies, a different, a lot of different books of business. And, and one thing is for certain, we need to, to declutter our books of business every now and then. If it's possible, we don't need to clutter them up in the first place. So tell me your definition of clutter within the book. What does that mean? Clutter within your book of business is, that's the stuff that really shouldn't be in there, but you did it anyway. Like you knew that you probably shouldn't write this account or you shouldn't write this piece of business, but you did it because you're a salesperson and you hate turning away a sale, regardless of how damaging it might be on your book or damaging it might be from the support or servicing side. And I think we do this a lot in the independent agency system because we have no parameters, right? In the exclusive on the exclusive side or the direct to consumer side, there's limitations, right? You have your boxed in and we we know that as a choice system that that's our that's how we're going to win. That's that's not good. But the positive of being boxed in is you can't clutter stuff, right? You you're going to have to do unethical things to clutter it, right? Because they box you in. On the independent agency side, we have to create our own parameters. And sometimes we're not very good as salespeople of of creating those parameters. We don't know how to create parameters for ourselves that are going to hurt us down the road. So I'm starting a brand new agency and I'm trying to figure out how to pay the light bill at the office and at home. I'm trying to make sure that everybody is fed. How do I keep from cluttering a book when I'm trying to pay the bills? I think we have to be intentional on our marketing, intentional on our lead generation. So it starts there. Where are the opportunities coming from? Because if the opportunities are random, then our book of business is going to be random in the beginning. We have to pay the light bill. We have to feed our families. Yes. But in the beginning, if we're just grabbing the stuff and 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 making the sale and, and selling that policy instead of the whole account, then we're going to pay the piper at some point, right? We're going to do it down the road or we're going to do it now and so without getting too deep into capitalization and do you have the capital to start an agency in the first place we have to understand that how we build our book of business is either going to create clutter 
or it's going to create this clean, extremely efficient environment. And I think it starts with who are we prospecting? How are we prospecting? And being able to have that walkaway power in day one, which is, oh, so hard as salespeople, because we it all is. know we all know we're salespeople at, at the end of the day. And hey, I'm speaking from a position of failure 20 years ago. I, I didn't say no originally, and I ended up with a cluttered book. And I think that even going back further than that is that even before we start marketing, you want to know what business you want to write. Sit down, figure out who is your target demographic. What do you want to write? What do they look like? How much money do they make? Where do they live? What activities are they involved in? I I think even knowing what you're going to say yes to before you start and what you're going to say no to before you start is key. Agree. It's And uh, don't just put that in your head. Write it down or type it. it. If you don't, if you're not a paper person, that's okay. At least type it out. Put it on something. Put it on a recurring calendar so that it pops up every day and reminds you. Okay, y'all. Now, now wait till I say this. Put it on a sticky note. I have a history with sticky notes. I've come, I've come a long ways with sticky notes and had a, had a really, really bad instance with sticky notes several years ago, many years ago in my youth management, leadership youth and um, didn't turn out very well for the staff member that was sticky noting things to death. Uh, and so I became anti-sticky note. I sent a really, really harsh email to our staff about the utilization of sticky notes. And so it kind of become the joke around here. Don't Well, don't, don't give Shane a sticky note. So back to our decluttering, back to setting up our, our or, or julieizing your book where it doesn't get cluttered to begin with. Yeah, I mean, starting our agency. How do I make this happen? That that's step one, right? If you can start there, great. I mean, you you know, it's your marketing, it's your target, it's your it's how you're going about business. It's being able to maintain walkaway power and pass on the business that you shouldn't be writing. That's just going to end up as clutter. I think the bigger challenge for us is for for many many of of the folks out there is they're already cluttered. So now what? Now you're sitting there with a 1.6 policy per customer ratio. You're wearing your people out. You're wearing yourself out. You have a lot of monoline business on your books because you chose the wrong path day one. So now what? Like, how how am I going to fix this problem? Because that in and of itself is this ball and chain. I want to do something different. Right. And, and whether we're talking about the non-standard auto agency that wants to move over to the preferred realm, uh, whether we're talking about the really high growth agent that's so dependent on referral leads from a mortgage company or a real estate side. But you, you're, you've now become a slave, so to speak, to that referral source that you have no control over the type of business you're writing, because now you're all about feeding the referral source. Right. So that, that that's that slippery slope. So we end up with we end up with this clutter, but that clutter has staff attached to it and revenue attached to it. And so what do we do with that, Miss Marketing? What do you think we can do with that? Anything? Any ideas? What do we do with clutter? Well, we call your wife and she comes to our office and she says, if it's not written by Progressive or I'm sorry, or written by Safeco, you don't write anymore. She's going to pick the, the efficient company. Right. And <laughs> And, you know, we have this independent agency organization and our accounting manager would be just fine writing business with one single carrier, right? Which is 
and, and not not really, but at the same time, from an, if you're an efficient, if you're commission processing and you're in the accounting world, then simplicity is your is your goal all the time. It's always about simplicity because that's her world. She would certainly come up and say, "Hey, oh, let's let's just let's just stick with this one carrier. Why are we adding these other carriers to the to the book of business?" But really, back here in the real world, where we back live, here in the and real we can't world, do that. Where we truly are independent agency based and we want to have a a solid but simplistic and efficient portfolio of carriers, that's actually one thing you need to think about doing. So talk about where you are. So you're already here. You've got this book of business. It's got this revenue attached to it. Well, what are you doing with that monoline book? One thing you can do is set it aside. I've talked to several agents that have had a lot of success with literally detaching that monoline auto book from a CSR or an account manager, depending on what you call your staff detaching that book and focusing those account managers on account package business. That's probably the best idea that I've heard about what to do with that. Um, If it leaves, it leaves. If it stays, it stays. And here's the irony. For the agents that have done this and done it successfully, the revenue grew. That's what's crazy about that. So they, they set it aside. They detached an account manager from it. And the book didn't leave. And so, you know, as you're scratching your head on that, because they they scratched their head on it, they were fully embracing, you know, we're going to grow X amount of package business to offset this retention issue that we're going to have. And the reality of it is, is that there's a couple of reasons that it grew. Number one, in addition to detaching the book of business from an account manager, they started looking at that book and saying no more business in that book unless it's with company X. And company X was an efficient company, downloading the management system, very good with their billing, paid their claims. They went with a hassle-free, recognizable carrier that wrote that business and was happy to write that monoline auto business. And I'm talking monoline auto for here. At this point, just just for an example, we can talk about home if we want to, but Monoline Auto being the biggest culprit for cluttering your book. By detaching that and setting it aside and going in through this efficient carrier process, what they started seeing is, yes, they lost some they lost some policies, right? Policy retention suffered a little bit. Instead of running, you know, 94 retention in their agency in that book, it started running down in the 80s and even high 70s. But there was premium growth because there was, by nature, premium growth through vehicle additions. There was the the policies itself, right, might be policies that increased. And as they wrote, as they, you know, they didn't say no to that business, new business going forward. They just wrote it in that efficient carrier and let it go, okay? And so I can imagine that there's going to be some debate here. Like, well, what does that say about our customer service or what does that say about different things? So I'm really interested to hear your response to this kind of concept from a client experience standpoint when you do that. Does that bother you? So I think that with anything, you have to start with a plan. And I love the idea of separating that book, creating a plan by separating that book. That makes perfect sense. I think, of course, we we take care of our customers. However, what do they say is that 10% of your customers cause 90% of your problems. And usually it is the 10% of the customers that spend the least amount of money. And so what you've done by separating that book is you've separated the 
10% of your customers, et cetera, that are making you the least amount of money and you know to focus a little bit of less time on them. So of course it's going to create revenue because now you're spending time on the people that you need to be spending time on. I call them part-time customers. You may have a customer that all they have to insure is their auto insurance. And that's that's fine. They're, that Especially in smaller communities that exist, maybe not so much in the suburban or metro areas, but it could, right? It could be the opposite effect, effect in certain metro areas, right? You could you have certain parts of the country where people don't own a car. I get that. But a lot of our market area, Texas, the South, the South Central, the central part of the U.S., they own cars. They don't necessarily own homes, but they own cars. That happens. But if you have this policy, that's all they have to sell. The irony of this is, is that three policy, four policy client that you write all of their insurance, I call them full-time customers. If you have a full-time customer and you compare that to a part-time customer, one policy versus three or four policies, you know, the logic in our brains, not non-insurance, you know, the non-insurance logic here is, well, of course, that four policy customer is going to be requiring or is going to require more service. It's actually the opposite of that, right? They don't. The single policy customer wears you out because that is the customer that's always forgetting their bill. It's they're all they won't go on EFT. They won't do the things that you need them to do to be efficient unless you force them into that bucket. The four policy customer, they're full time with you. They trust you. You're an advisor to them. And so that's the part of the declutter, right? We've got to prune some things. We've got to do some things so we can grow. And we've got to set aside some of these policies that are causing us this problem so that we can grow the book of business in the right way and correct our course. I hear this from agents all the time, that they're going to do a cross-sale promotion or they're going to hire somebody in their agency specifically to cross-sell their single line, their single line customers. Does that work? Hey, get them on the books and then cross-sell them, right? Hey, just sell the policy and then cross-sell them. I think it's a valiant effort and I think, you know, it's one of those things like life insurance and property and casualty insurance are the same thing. It's not true. I think the issue is, is that we say it works great on paper. The problem is it's it's a very difficult process to actually execute. And if you don't have that customer seeing you as their risk manager, their insurance person, complete insurance person, in other words, they're part-time with you, in the beginning, then you've already set the tone. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying you've just created a very, very big challenge by getting it on the books and then trying to cross-sell it. Why don't you cross-sell it up front? Why don't you spend that energy right from the beginning to say, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do, you don't have to be that arrogant, but, you know, you can you can say, hey, I, you know, I'm a professional and I will take care. I take care of my clients. I want your entire portfolio of insurance because I'm good at this and I'm going to take care of you. But if you only want to give me this little slice, then I can't promise you I'm going to be very good. I mean, if you just give me this little slice of your insurance, how do I know what's going on with this other stuff over here? How do I protect you? How do I advise you? And so I think we just get in this hurry and we get into this policy selling mode and we look up and we got clutter. The declutter to me is you have to separate this world. I'm not going to say it can't work. I'm just going to say you are, you're going to climb Everest for that process to work 
consistently and and constantly be in this cross sell. Yes, we should cross sell. Yes, we should upsell. But only if it makes sense, only if the coverage is right, only if that's what the client needs. We shouldn't just be in the business of upselling and cross-selling, right? And why are we cross-selling in the first place? Well, it's because we didn't get the whole thing in the beginning. Shane, besides setting the book aside, what's a what's another suggestion on how to declutter my book? Well, stop the bleeding. That's the other part of decluttering the book, right, is you can find efficiency you don't have to say, and this is something we're, we've done, we're in a small town. We, we can't, I mean, we can say no, we can walk away, but then we see that person in the grocery store. So we had to create a, a different plan. And maybe this is you out there is we, we didn't want to say no to the part-time client. So what we do is we say yes on our terms. And this has stopped our bleeding. Well, you know, the single carrier option, the efficient carrier option, a smaller portfolio of of options. So creating some parameters for our people so that it empowers them to say, here's what we can do for you to that certain client. And I think that has helped us stop the bleeding. It has helped us become extremely efficient around this concept. Because we're already cluttered and we want to declutter, but if we keep adding clutter to the book, then we're in this constant cycle of having to declutter. Well, we don't want to be forever decluttering, right? We want at some point to stop, but we don't want to say no because we're in a community situation where we don't want to have to say no. So we say yes, but we say yes on our terms in the right carrier with the right efficiency. That sounded just like Michael Scott on The Office. It actually kind of did. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it made perfect was, sense. I and I was I was channel. sitting here listening to you say this and thinking, "Oh my gosh, that sounds like my kitchen cabinets." <laughs> right there. That was my kitchen cabinets. So, 2-minute warning, Shane. What are our takeaways from today? Don't clutter if you're starting out, if you can help it. If you're going to start an agency in the next couple of years, start out by not cluttering. If you're already cluttered up, you can get out of it. You can clean things up. It, it's not You're not stuck, right? You don't have to go sell your book and start over. Uh, you don't have to throw your hands up. There is a path out, right? There is a way out. And I think that efficiency and simplicity is, is part of this. And, and think about being on the search, on the prowl, for full-time clients, not part-time clients. And that's going to help you through this through this clutter declutterization that you need to go through. So leaving you with this thought for today from Mark Spitz, if you fail to prepare, you're prepared to fail. So attitude's a choice. So make a great one today. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at integraagent.com. That's integraagent.com.